Hello, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to you. Welcome to INE Live. Today is Monday, November 22nd, the week, of course, of Thanksgiving. And normally we would call this show Tech Tuesday, but because of the holiday, we're streaming today instead. So welcome on in. I'm your host, Katherine Brown. Today we are chatting with Michael Hilton. Some of you may have heard of Michael. He is a very familiar face around INE, and we've been following his journey to become one of the youngest CCIEs in the world for a couple of years now. He is a fantastic person, an inspirational story. You're going to get a lot out of it, I promise. First, we'll bring Michael in in just a moment. But first, as we do each time we stream here on INE Live, I want to let you know we are streaming live across social media platforms right now, including LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Be sure to like and subscribe on the social media platform you're using so you can stay in the loop when we do get live. And we want you to get involved. Talk to us, talk to others. We love to see that. I already see chat active this morning. Love to see that. Our team is monitoring chat. If you have a comment for Michael, go ahead and drop it in. If you have a question, put a cue at the beginning so we can find those questions easily. And we will get to as many as we can today. With that, I want to bring in Michael Hilton. Michael, thank you so much for being here today. Hey, everyone. Hey, Ione. Thank you very much for bringing me on. I'm super excited to uh, be on the show. Yeah, we are. Uh, I, I was telling you a moment ago during uh, during our tech check. I'm really excited to to get an update and uh, just kind of hear where you are right now. I, Michael, I first met you um, about a year ago, I guess, right after you got connected with INE. Um, just to start, can you just kind of talk a little about how that connection unfolded and and where you were at that point in your life? Sure. So probably a, a few years back, I, I I decided I wanted to go for my CCIE journey. I had uh, finished my CCNP and I had always, ever since I started my Cisco journey, I thought, hey, you know what? I want to become a CCIE. So I, I was looking for, for resources. I was looking for uh, possible help uh, because there, there was a lot of expense towards getting uh, study material and even taking the exam. So I reached out to different people. I even set up a GoFundMe and that, that went well. And it, it, it just so happened that uh, Mr. Richard McLean, which is the CEO of INE, he actually reached out to me. He saw my profile on LinkedIn. He was connected uh, with me for a few months and he said, hey, I love your journey. I, we'd really love to come on and sponsor you. And this was back around 2019 or so, late 2019. And we're still here a few years later. We're still talking and uh, it, it's been amazing. So you were, you're 18 now. So you were what, 16 at that point? Yes, I was, uh, I, actually I was 15, almost about to be 16. Okay. Um, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes, you know, a 15 year old, almost 16 year old, um, kid basically who kind of stumbles into this very unique and really cool relationship with, with a CEO. Um, how did that happen? And, and I guess, what was your reaction when you guys started connecting? So my, my first reaction was I, I almost thought it was probably someone trying to send me like a spam email or something. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure immediately uh, because I, I had been using INE material for a while from ever since my CSEN, CCNA and even my CCNP. So it was almost, I would say, very shocking to see that the CEO of the, the training company that I love the most uh, reached out to me and wanted to to support my journey. So I was really in shock. I, I did a bit of research on my end to make sure every, everything was uh, was legit, but uh, I was I was over ecstatic and uh, very excited about it. So um, tell us a little bit. I, you had the GoFundMe, right? You had mm -hmm. GoFundMe and you were raising basically raising money for this exam and, and the training materials for the exam, right? Yep, that is correct. So uh, my first kind of goals were just to get some books and some uh, some training material uh, from various vendors uh, to help me prepare for the exam. So, uh, well, how expensive is it, I guess, for first, for someone who may be thinking about getting into this? From a start so, to finish kind of training, exam, all in, what does it run someone? It, it runs anyone, anyone from a few thousand to, I've seen some people say, depending on what materials they use, probably up to 10 grand, including exam costs. So it's extremely expensive. The, the materials are, I uh, can get very, very pricey uh, for someone that wants to get started. A uh, lot of books you have to read, a lot of uh, video on demand that you might watch, and even some lab equipment, maybe depending on the track you're going through, 
uh, that lab equipment you might have to rent, you cannot buy because it, it'll probably set you back hundreds of thousands of dollars depending on the track. Luckily for the enterprise infrastructure track, a lot of it you can virtualize. So it's not as expensive. You might just have to do some rack rentals or purchase a server to virtualize a lot of the the, the technologies. But and not only that, so, you, so you've got your, your rack rentals or you have to have a way to to interact with those devices to get hands-on practice you have to have a lot of you have to go through a lot of books i believe uh, that really explain things in depth uh to uh to a way that would get you close to to what cisco defines as a as an expert in the field and also a lot of video on demand uh products you'd have to go through uh and all of those combined they, they cost thousands of dollars not only that the lab exam itself is sixteen hundred dollars per attempt and for most people, it takes, uh, from what I've heard, two to three attempts to get the credential of the Cisco Certified Internet Network Expert. So you are a teenager. You're uh, a very ambitious and very smart teenager, but still a teenager, um, raising money for these training materials. You get connected with the CEO of the training company, and he says, you know, we want to sponsor your journey. What does that mean at that point? What, what happened from there? So what happened from there was uh, Mr. McLean actually got me set up with uh, a lot of the, the, the ability to use rack rentals, uh, use uh, some of the video on demand materials that you all have uh, to go through. And it helped me, I, I guess, expedite a lot of uh, what I initially anticipated for waiting on. Uh, so I was able to just immediately jump in and go through some of Brian McGann's content and go through a lot of the labs from the workbooks and use the workbooks and use some of the rack rentals. Can you talk about your training in depth? Where did you start? How challenging was it? And well, we'll start there. I guess, where did you start? And, and was it very challenging right out of the gate? Uh, from the IE journey or the just the whole networking journey in general? Um, let's start with the whole networking journey in general. So initially I started back when Cisco, when the CCNA used to be at two parts. Now it's just that one part they used to have the CSEN, the Cisco Certified Entry Networking Technician, and then the CCNA, the Cisco Certified Network Associate. So I, I started off with the, the, the first part of the, the, the CCNA. And I, I didn't have uh, initially a lot of uh, direction uh, with, in terms of materials, so initially I was reading some Cisco Press books that didn't that the material didn't stick with me in the beginning, and I was going through some YouTube videos uh, that that I kind of understood, but I had trouble understanding uh, how everything fit together as I'd not set up a network before, right? So it was it was a bit challenging until I actually discovered this uh, book by Todd Lamley, the CCNA. Official cert, uh, well, it's not the official cert guide, but it's uh, one of the cert guides that you can get. And it, it really explained things down to a level that's understandable. Uh, it didn't feel dry. It felt like when I was reading the book that, the, that it felt like someone was right in front of me explaining networking. It didn't feel like I was reading uh, some documentation or a, or a white paper. And ever since uh, I used that book in the beginning, it helped me really understand things a lot better. It helped me. Uh, helped me uh, progress a lot better through the CSENT and then the CCNA. And I also used a lot of uh, some video on demand from, from some other vendors. But one of the main ones I enjoyed using was uh, INE. I remember going through some of Keith Bogart's content uh, on the CSENT and the CCNA. And it helped really emphasize and go into a very heavy depth, but also be entertaining as well. So it didn't feel like I had to read a lot of these uh, big Cisco Press CCNA books in the beginning. Uh, so that was kind of in the beginning. Uh, and to get the CCNA, it took me around nine months. So up until then, I never really studied on my own. Uh, everything, I, I mean, I was going to school, but I never did any form of really self-study. So it took me a while to kind of get the, get my uh, my schedule going, my uh, my. Uh, consistency going with studying, uh, figuring out what worked best for me. And then once I got that over with, I got uh, I got started on the CCNA, the ICND2. Uh, it was called at the time the exam ID. And it took me only about three months, about three, four months to actually get that part done since I already had a good foundation of networking. I had a good foundation for how I enjoyed studying, how I learned studying. 
So that part took me around three to four months. Uh, and from there, I, I still continued. I, I thought, well, you know what? The, the CCNP is the next uh, logical step. I could have specialized back then uh, with different CCNAs. I mean, there was like CCNA security, CCNA collaboration, CCNA service provider. But I thought for me, well, I'm already very, very invested into routing and switching. So why not just go for the next step above that, uh, which was a CCNP. Uh, so the CCNP, when I did that at that part, or at that time, was the older CCNP that was when it was three parts. So there was a route exam, there was a switch exam, and then there was a T-shoot exam. So I start off with the switch exam. I heard from everyone else that that was one of the easier exams to start off with. That one took me about uh, about the same as this, the ICND2 part of the CCNA. It took me about three to four months. I got the got that one the first time. Uh, didn't have to retest. Uh, barely passed, but uh, I felt that the exam was fair. Delve really deep into switching uh, at a CCNP level, and then the next exam I took was the route exam, which was the which was a beast to study for because um, they went very, very in-depth into uh, routing protocols and even some other services. So they wanted you to understand uh, NTP very well. Uh, VPNs were, were actually surprisingly covered a lot. Uh, I remember DMVPN was covered a lot. I remember uh, some MPLS topics were covered a lot. So it, it kind of brought in your, your, your horizon and also went into depth into EIGRP, OSPF, and just a bit of BGP. And then for that one, it took me two attempts. So the first attempt, I think I failed by 22 to 24 points. So I was right on the mark, uh, almost there, but uh, didn't uh, unfortunately get it the first time. So I went back, I think I took about a month or so uh, to kind of go back and uh, study for it again. And I went for it again, and then I passed it the second time barely. And then from then on, I went to take the last uh, CCMP exam. Uh, for routing and switching, which was the T-shoot exam. And that one took me about uh, two, three months to study for. I failed the first time. Uh, I didn't have a lot of uh, troubleshooting skills that I have now. And not only that, I, I made a mistake by going very tired into the, the exam environment. So I felt that that kind of set me back. And similarly with that exam, I think I, I if I recall correctly, I failed by 20 or so points. Uh, so I, I was very close, went back a second time and got it. And then uh, finally, I, like I said in, in the beginning, I, I kind of wanted to go for the CCIE. I kind of had that as a big uh, big plan or big goal. I never thought that I would actually get there. But uh, I, I decided to end, end up going for it. And that's when I, I set up kind of a GoFundMe uh, to help out uh, with some resources. And then that's uh, where... Uh, the CEO of INE, Mr. Richard McLean, reached out to me, and now we're here. <laughs> so it was a, it was a, there was a lot of struggles along the way, and by no means, I know a lot of people will say I'm, I'm very intelligent, but uh, it took me about a month to learn subnetting. So that's what also set back my, uh, my CCNA. That took me a total of, uh, of uh, about a year or so. Wow! Uh, every time I talk to you, uh, Michael, I am just absolutely awestruck by your journey and by um, <laughs> just the, the everything that you are going through and have been through and just your dedication. Um, really, it's, it's inspiring. Um, I want to, I just saw a question come in from chat and this seems like a great place to ask it. Um, Kevin Powers watching on LinkedIn asked, how old were you when you got your first cert? Um, and what, what is it? I know you, you just kind of mentioned that, but how old were you um, when you first started on this journey and actually got that first cert? So when I first started around the journey, I was um, almost uh, 13. I was kind of late 12 years old, almost uh, 13. And my, I, my first cert that I got was a CSINT, the Cisco Certified Entry Networking Technician. And I got that at uh, around 13 years old, almost uh, 14. What was it at that, at that point when you were a 13-year-old where, you know, a lot of 13-year-olds are, are like, maybe not thinking about their careers or something like that. What, what do you think it was about you that, that made you so focused and so interested in this? 
to be honest, I, I just really love learning about things. So, and I honestly didn't like thinking, I didn't think about in the beginning about being so committed. It just, it just happened. I just kept uh, learning and learning and learning uh, more about networking. And I just kind of uh, stuck with it, uh, to be honest. So it was, it was something that, that uh, I guess you could say almost uh, coincidentally happened. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it was one of those things where, where I just loved learning and I loved uh, networking and I just stuck at it. That was just something about it. No, you're passionate about it. I'm sure that that, uh, mm -hmm. that helps it not make, you know, not make it feel so much like work, right? Um, obviously learning and, and um, you know, the, the networking um, zone that you're in is, is a huge passion of yours. When you were um, really involved in that training, you talked about really intense um, training and studying. How, how many hours a day were you doing that when you were, say, at the, at the height, like studying for an upcoming exam? Do we still have Michael? Can you hear me? Oh, there we go. Awesome. No, okay. So uh, when I did my CCNA, I kind of stepped, uh, no, I kind of stuck with a plan of studying about three hours every day, two to three hours. There was, of course, some days where things came up. Uh, but I like to, to stay very consistent with about three hours. And once I got to the CCMP level and kind of CCIE, uh, it it kind of ranges anywhere from from two to hours to six hours, just depending on what workload I had, either with school or uh, now with work. But I, I usually uh, try to push myself to to do four to six hours, depending on the day. But it honestly ranges anywhere from two to six hours uh, almost daily. How do you balance that with school? I know I know high school is uh, is very demanding these days. Um, how do you balance that? training and studying time with with you know academic studies sure so surprisingly for for a lot of the the high school work i went through it wasn't too too demanding of course there were some times that where i had to finish a project uh later in the evening or i got assigned this big project to do at school so i had to focus several days on it so i would i would try to to study to get home probably around four or five o'clock uh, do some homework, do do something right that I had to take care of, like uh, homework or a project. Mm -hmm. And then I would study when I did, for example, the CCNA, uh, I would do from seven to 10 daily, seven o'clock to 10 o'clock. Wow. And then I would, if I had to, I would continue working on uh, homework or whatever it was. So there were there was definitely some days where uh, I, of course, couldn't study every day, but I tried to, to make an effort to, to study every day and Overall, I averaged out around three hours per day. Sometimes I'd study more on weekends uh, to kind of offset that, to kind of make the average out three hours per day. So it uh, it, it just had to do with prioritizing uh, things. So if it was uh, some small piece of homework or something of that nature, I would do it uh, as quick as I could, uh, sometimes like on the ride home. Or other <laughs> times I might have had to push my studies a bit or kind of shift it. Uh, but uh, mostly, I would say I was generally able to stay within the 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. study every day. But uh, of course, there were some days where uh, that couldn't be done. And I made up for it on the weekend or the following week or so on and so forth. I think you've nailed the life skill of multitasking <laughs> for sure. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> um, your parents must be incredibly proud of you. Oh, they, they, they enjoy what I'm doing. They, they're glad that, uh, that I kind of set myself up for a, for a professional career path, uh, which I'm doing now. And uh, they're, they're honestly excited about and, and love what I'm doing. Um, I want to dig in a little bit to your, specifically your CCIE journey. Um, what has that, well, I guess, how, how long have you been studying for the CCIE? So I would say probably officially, you could say, I've been studying since September of 2019. Uh, so it's it's been, what, about two years or so, a little bit over. Uh, a lot of things have come up, but uh, yeah, I've been I've been at it for about uh, two years now, give or take. Okay. And um, I know you took that exam earlier this year. Can you talk a little about the studying specifically in the months leading up to that exam, kind of how you were 
um, how much time you were dedicating, how you were feeling, how you were balancing everything. I mean, that, that was right about the time you were graduating from high school as well. Correct. So luckily, uh, I would say that, that uh, because of the, the current situations, uh, I was doing school online uh, leading up to my graduation. So even then, uh, the classes became a whole lot shorter and so did the homework. So I had uh, a good amount of time, a lot more amount of time to study than if I were going to school in person, uh, which I was the uh, previous years, of course. Uh, so I would try and focus on on all the core topics that I thought uh, were going to be tested, uh, such as OSPF, EIGRP, BGP, multicast, uh, some of the VPN technologies. And I try to study some of the newer technologies as well. Uh, to be honest, I didn't uh, I didn't anticipate some of the, the newer technologies being as big as they were. And that kind of bit me in the rear when I took uh, my <laughs> first attempt. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of uh, what uh, my journey was kind of leading up into the, the, the months going so, in. So I, I spoke with you a couple times leading up to, uh, up to that exam. Um, how were you feeling during the summer? When, when did you take was it? Was it August? It was August 27th or 29th. Okay. I, um, mm -hmm. How were you feeling during the summer? I mean, were, you, were you nervous? Were you anxious? Were you excited? I was a little bit of everything, to be honest. I was excited. I felt that I had been studying for it for a while, and I wanted to, to mainly go in and see if, how I did. I, otherwise, I felt that I would get uh, very, very burnt out. So I felt uh, that I wanted to go test myself, see if I were up to the standards that Cisco set for the exam, for the practical exam. And uh, I, I was excited, but also nervous, because I wasn't sure. I hadn't seen a lot of people talk about their, their, their testing experiences yet. Uh, so I was excited, but also nervous because I wasn't sure how much of each topic they were possibly going to cover or how hard or how in depth, but I was excited to at least go in there and finally challenge it at least, uh, the first time. In terms of your studies, what areas did you really focus on? What did you think would, would be on the exam? And do you, in hindsight, do you feel like you, you focused on the right things? So when I uh, when I went to, to study uh, for for the exam, I focused on a lot of what uh, what a lot of people described as would would be on on the previous exam. So a lot of the core routing and switching I focused a lot on. I focused a lot on EIGRP, OSPF, BGP, MPLS, uh, and some of the other technologies. And while they were covered, they weren't uh, the the other newer technologies. I believe were covered a lot more. Uh, like I said, that I anticipated, but I feel like at least on those technologies, I did uh, I did study well enough for for those parts. Okay. Um, did you did you feel ready for the exam? Oh, so uh, because of, I I'm, I wasn't as familiar with uh, some scripting technologies, uh, I felt ready on the the core routing and switching but not on the newer technologies as much as I should have. I kind of went in thinking, well, uh, I guess there's only one way to find out how, how ready I am, right? Just to go in there and sit the exam. And, and uh, that, that's, that's when I found out that uh, I probably wasn't read, uh, ready enough. <laughs> <laughs> I remember talking to you um, on the phone. I think you were like driving to the exam or something, and, and I was just checking in with you. And um, I remember just being blown away by you. You seemed so calm and you know very very just calm like i feel like i would have had butterflies and just been so anxious and nervous and you just you were like i'm good feel good ready to go <laughs> is that did, <laughs> did you uh did you feel like that while you were taking the exam was it was it nerve-wracking for you i went to, in the the exam feeling a bit nervous uh didn't eat much breakfast but i did eat some enough to to uh to make sure that i held my breakfast in <laughs> uh but uh i i felt i i felt uh a bit nervous and i kind of sat down in the the testing center uh and i didn't feel as nervous or i didn't uh really feel feel anxious i did a bit uh, to be honest but not like enough where it was uh taking over what i was thinking a lot and then 
once I got to to certain questions, I I was like, well, now I feel nervous. Once <laughs> <laughs> uh, once I was in the exam, so uh, that that was uh, so I kind of went in there a bit nervous, not really, just a bit, and then I got calm, and then I got to some sections, and I was like, well, yeah, I'm I'm a bit nervous now. Yeah. Um, how how did you feel walking out of the room? Uh, definitely. Uh, I, I felt uh, I felt like uh, I got uh, I definitely got uh, got uh, tested well uh, on on everything I studied. I felt uh, I could have done a lot better uh, in hindsight, knowing what I know now, uh, going back. Uh, but I also felt uh, that uh, honestly, I didn't get it the first time. So it kind of, when I went when I left the testing center, I knew uh, well enough how I did. Uh, so and that happened to be the truth that unfortunately I didn't get it the first time, but I, I did feel hopeful at least that I knew exactly what the exam environment's like and what to focus on next time. So I had a bit of confidence going uh, and thinking about taking the next attempt. Yeah, I, I'm sure that was um, I'm sure that was very disappointing. I mean, obviously a, a huge thing, um, but I remember something you posted short shortly after you got the news within within a couple of days and um, one thing that struck me was you said you know I, I guess I didn't get it this time but I won't give up um, how do you when you when you hit walls like that or when you hit fail exam failures or you just hit those moments where you're just like I, I don't know if I can do this how do you power through those moments you know surprisingly each time I failed uh uh, IT, uh, any form of IT exam, my first thought was, well, I wish I could just go back the next day and jump immediately at it. So it does, it does feel uh, to, to a certain extent, uh, like it does bring you down a bit. But at least for me, I felt like I was also excited for the next attempt, surprisingly. Uh, so it, it, it's kind of a, a, a mix of both where it does suck, but at least you know it's not like the end of the world. Uh, when you fail an exam like this, you can. There's always a second attempt, uh, so that kind of keeps me uh, going forward. There's always multiple attempts you can always take, so it's not like uh, your your life is completely over. So I had that in mind. So it's not. Uh, so I didn't take it too personal, or uh, if I didn't do well on a, an exam. That's good. I'm I'm glad you know that your life is not over if you don't pass an exam. <laughs> um, so, so how did you give yourself a break after the exam before you jumped back into studying? Oh, for sure. So, I had uh, I de definitely within that same day, uh, I the first thing I did, and one of the 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 things I learned from filing an exam that helps is, uh, so before I, I took a break, I kind of wrote down every everything down that I thought I would need to focus on next time. Uh, some some technologies that I needed to look over again, and then I the one of the things that I did was I, I take took a nap. I realized when I failed uh, one of my CCNP exams that one of the best ways that I would remember something like uh, what I would focus on again is to take a nap, uh, maybe like a short nap or maybe an hour nap, wake up and immediately I would remember more about the exam and write things down. Uh, so once I once I got uh, that going. I did uh, take a break. I went to meet some family that was up there in the Dallas area. I went to uh, meet some some coworkers and all uh, from work, and and I actually spent a pretty good time up there. I hadn't been to Dallas in a while, uh, but uh, it, it it was it was actually fun. And surprisingly, I wasn't so focused on the exam. I know some people uh, coming out of the exam, even if they think they passed or failed, they're they're really anxious about it. But uh, for me, I kind of did feel a bit down, but at the same time, I was surprisingly relaxed, I would say, uh, going, going after and taking a break uh, those next few days. And I actually had a good amount of fun in, in Dallas. And once I came back, I gave it about a week or two before I kind of started looking over again some of the, uh, the technologies I wanted to, to focus on and do some research on again. So I did definitely take a break immediately after the exam and then uh, once I got back home in uh, South Texas. Interesting uh, tactic there to 
you know, to take a nap. I mean, I, I guess everyone in their setting has to figure out what works for them, but great advice, um, you know, to leave that exam and you know, do your thing, but write down all the things that, you know, you think you might need to know for next time. That's great advice. Mm -hmm, exactly. And I had actually discovered, I actually discovered that by accident that, uh, uh, I remember coming home from, it was the, the route exam when I failed the first time. I felt very tired and I wrote some things down and I was like, well, you know what, I'm going to go take a nap. And then I took a nap and then I, I immediately remembered a lot more about the exam than I did uh, just coming home from the exam. So, Yeah, I mean, you give your brain a rest after, uh, <laughs> after a tough day <laughs> of a lot of thinking, probably. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> brain's probably thanking you. Um, all right, a couple questions coming in, and this is a great, they're in this vein, so I want to get to these now. Um, what is a piece of advice that you'd give to other younger students who are interested in pursuing technical training? I would say definitely reach out to, to someone uh, who, you believe, who you know is in technology. I believe uh, knowing or having guidance is important. So... That's my biggest piece of advice. I've seen some people that they, they kind of started off in their tech career and they didn't advance much because they didn't have much guidance uh, per se or ha uh, what to study, what to do to move up, uh, what technologies to learn. Mm -hmm. So the, the main thing I would, do, I would give uh, advice to younger people is to reach out to someone and find a mentor so that they can give you guidance because obviously those people have been in a similar position as you and they've had a, loss, a lot of lessons learned and you can feed off of those lessons learned so you have proper guidance. Uh, so, I mean, if, uh, if uh, you'd want to reach out to me, that's fine, or, or really anyone else. But I would, I would say the, the main thing is find someone who's in the field already and who has some of the results you like within the field and ask them to kind of mentor you and give you kind of a path. Because otherwise, you can have uh, resources and, and materials that you're using but it's not, uh, it's not very practical unless you have guidance as to what kind of career path you want to go to. And maybe knowing someone within that career path can kind of show you, here's what I'm working on, here's what it's actually like. Maybe one thing is actually watching like a YouTube video about, you know, day in the life of like a network engineer. And another thing is uh, seeing or shadowing or mentoring or getting mentored by someone else showing you, here's what I actually do. I uh, hear the different actual types of network engineers uh, here are some of the specializations. So I would say the, the number one piece of advice is to reach out to someone that is in the field that has the results you'd like to have. We interview uh, a lot of different people on this stream in a lot of different fields. And one very common thing, Michael, that we hear from just about everyone is the importance of community and of making a connection and finding a mentor and reaching out, whether it's um, through social media, LinkedIn, whatever. Um, was that difficult for you in the beginning or was that something that came very naturally to you? Uh, so initially, I, uh, my father works, uh, was working in the, the service provider space, uh, the internet service provider space. So he, uh, more on the sell side, but he knew a lot of uh, technical people within uh, the, the company he was at before. Uh, that I could uh, kind of reach out to that were studying for like their CCNA or uh, had a few years of IT experience or probably a few decades. And he kind of, uh, I kind of wanted to to see if I could do the same to be in the field. It introduced me to some of those people. Uh, and it, it came kind of easy on that end. But what I also did was I set up a LinkedIn. I reached out to different people saying a sending a message saying hey i'd like to find out what you're doing uh or do you think you can mentor me or some people even reach out to offer to be my mentor uh so linkedin linkedin is definitely very important or very very uh, very useful on that aspect of finding people that are in the field and that can mentor you uh definitely asking around uh you never know maybe you might have a family member uh, that you didn't know that they were doing IT or maybe a friend or even there there's I guess even more so now since the 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 the, the climate has changed uh, there, there's a lot more like meet, people meeting up in person now uh, like there was before so there's definitely a lot of meetup groups that you can find depending on where you are at 
uh, there, there are maybe like Cisco users groups or different user groups for different technologies. And those are places uh, that you want to go to and find people. There's definitely a lot of knowledgeable people in those areas that you can talk to, uh, ask them if you can have a cup of coffee with or uh, buy them lunch and definitely pick their brains. So there's, there's a lot of potential for you to find um, people that will mentor you either online or in person or even within your own circle. Uh, you never know. Yeah, uh, just making those connections and, and putting yourself out there, I, I think is a huge, huge deal. Again, whether it's whether it's in networking or, or any other field, and for that matter, whatever field you're in, outside of technology, in technology, um, whatever. I wanted to ask, um, jumping back to your CCIE studying, um, how did your studying change from before you took the exam to now? How is it different now? So definitely when, when, uh, when I started the, the IE journey, I wasn't uh, as, as, uh, as, uh, as I guess, as knowledgeable or as in-depth of knowledgeable of certain technologies. So there was a lot of uh, learning and having to relearn some topics uh, since uh, even I was barely getting some professional experience and I hadn't been touching certain technologies. Mm -hmm. So I was having to relearn a lot. And especially in the IE journey with any track, they cover so much that you're either having to constantly uh, relearn uh, different topics. And then uh, once I, once post uh, exam failure, uh, I'd gotten very comfortable with certain technologies, but now I'm focusing more on my weaker points back then. I would say almost everything from the CCIE perspective was a weak point because uh, I wasn't uh, didn't have as much knowledge as I should have had. But now I'm just focusing on the specific weak spots as much as rather than the everything uh, that I was focusing on before. What advice would you give to someone? And you can be as specific as you as you'd like about this. But what what kind of advice would you give to someone who is just beginning their CCIE journey, besides taking naps? I would say it, uh, it can get, oh, <laughs> I would say it can get uh, very, very overwhelming because initially, uh, maybe in your CCNA or CCMP days, it, uh, a lot of technologies, as long as you, you work with them enough, you, you, won't, you probably won't forget, but a lot of things will come up uh, in life. And not only that, but just in general, you might not be, as focused on one technology. And it's super easy to get overwhelmed because you're having to relearn and relearn if you're not practicing that technology a lot. So I would say uh, go in with the, the assumption that you know things might come up, uh, different life circumstances, but, uh, but definitely stay focused and that it's okay to relearn a lot of topics because you're just gonna be covering so much that it's not uncommon that uh, Maybe you know you knew some specifics about OSPF, and now you don't anymore. So it's fine to to go back and relearn them. Uh, and the best way to kind of uh, to kind of keep those technologies stuck in your head is just to, uh, as I always like to say, lab every day. Take those technologies and work with them as much as you can. Maybe you can't work with them in a production environment because maybe your job doesn't use that technology. But you can more than definitely spin a technology up in the lab you know, configure OSPF, maybe MPLS. Maybe you don't deal with MPLS a lot, but you can at least work with MPLS in a lab. So you make sure that you don't forget a lot of those concepts, for example. So when is, um, do you already have your next exam scheduled? I, I somewhat do. I, I have it tentatively scheduled kind of uh, for, for January, but I'm thinking moving it more towards uh, the March timeframe. So I have a bit more time to, to kind of hone in because uh, a lot of things with uh, work have been going on and a lot of other things. So I figured uh, giving myself a bit more uh, extra time to kind of uh, go in and make sure that I'm ready for the second attempt and hopefully the, the last attempt on this track. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully so. We are pulling for you. Um, absolutely. You know that, that you have some very good friends here at INE. Um, you mentioned your job, and I want to talk a little about that. So um, tell us where you're working, what you're doing, um, and, and when you got that job, I guess you graduated in June, right? May or June? 
Uh, yes, that is correct. So I graduated in Maine. So uh, I'd actually posted something uh, around mid uh, 2019 about wanting to get uh, more professional experience, put some of the technologies I've been learning with uh, on the IE to actual production use. And I'd actually gotten reached out uh, by a company down here and they're kind of all over Texas and got a lot of different offices through Cisco uh, partner uh, at AVAR as well. Uh, by the name of NetSync. And one of the, the people that I somewhat knew uh, reached out to me and said, hey, uh, we'd love to see if we can give you an internship uh, and kind of fostering and use some of the stuff you're learning and put it to actual production use so you can uh, actually see how it's implemented and trouble and learn how to troubleshoot better. And this was around uh, late uh, 2020 or so. Yep, so around... Uh, around October, I kind of got reached out by and uh, by late November, I actually had an internship going with this company uh, as a networking intern, uh, which basically meant I was working on a lot of network engineering projects, uh, being led by a lot of other, a lot of other uh, network engineers. Uh, so I was able to ask questions, learn a lot. And then it eventually turned into uh, once I kind of graduated high school in in uh, in May, around June or ju kind of June July timeframe, I actually got offered a full time position as a data center associate uh, consultant, so uh, network engineer in the data center space, because uh, data center is uh, what I wanted always to focus on a lot more. Use kind of a lot of the same routing and switching technologies, but apply them at a larger scale at the data center level. Uh, so it, it was pretty cool that they that they actually reached out to me and gave me the 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 opportunity to to use some of the stuff I learned and apply it uh, in real life. Yeah. So um, so you did not choose to go the college route, or at least you you haven't yet. Um, do you think that you ever will, or is that something that's maybe not in the cards for you? Like, what what kind of discussion do you have around that? So I, I, I somewhat am a bit uh, right now through through kind of WGU. I kind of saw some of their their programs and I found it interesting uh, because with that with that the program you're able to certifications that you do you're able to transfer them and use them as creds for classes since a lot of classes or not a lot but uh, some classes in order to pass the class you need to pass the certification like the A plus or the Network plus. And I found that uh, that program a bit uh, interesting, and I'm I'm not opposed to getting uh, a college degree, so I've kind of been wanting to also go down that route as well. So I not only have the certifications, experience, but also a college degree that I can uh, uh, have in my belt as well. Yeah, it seems it seems like you know that that's one of the debates um, in the field because there are so many educational opportunities outside of traditional school um, with training, with studying and certifications, that sort of thing. Um, you know, but, but a lot of people just like you still want that, that college um, experience. So it's really interesting to know that, that um, WGU makes that, um, I guess, gives you credit for those certifications. Did you, how did you hear about that? So one of my, uh, one of my close friends uh, that I actually that actually kind of mentored me in a way ever since the beginning of my journey. He was going through a bachelor's degree in cybersecurity from WGU. Mm -hmm. And that's actually where he kind of got started a bit uh, with his whole kind of networking journey. Uh, he's an awesome guy. His name is Josh. And he he was going through that program. And I like the, the program that you're able to do a lot of things on your own time. They give you a lot of the, the material and you're able to study on your own. A lot of it is self-study. There's no uh, actual class lectures that you have to attend uh, mandatorily. So, uh, and I like that he, excuse me, he was talking about the program enough uh, and really loved it that I kind of wanted to do the same type of program because uh, he was able to work full time and kind of fit it in uh, his schedule. So that's where I, the, the initial point I've heard and I met some other people that have gone through their degree programs and said they loved uh, the degree program as well. All right, so you went from going to school, working and studying to graduating high school, studying, working full-time, and also going to school. You have not slowed down a bit. <laughs> not at all. 
Um, I, I, this question came in from Crystal, um, and I'm curious myself, where do you see yourself in the future? You're at the very beginning of, of what you could accomplish. What do you aspire to do? Hopefully, I see myself uh, more of a, in the managerial level of things. Uh, I'd definitely love to s still stay very technical, but I would also love to focus more on the, the people side of things, hopefully maybe as like a network architect or kind of like a, a network architect kind of type manager, uh, probably within, you know, five to 10 years, I'd love to see myself uh, be there in that uh, form of position where I'm also able to be technical, but I'm also very hands-on technical person, but very hands-on people person as well. Do you have a, a, a place in mind, like a specific job at a specific place that's like, this is the dream job? Really anywhere uh, where where I'm able to to apply my skills at a, at a huge level. I mean, I wouldn't mind working for a place like AWS or Google. Uh, those those places would be awesome. But really, uh, or even in the in the government space as well, anywhere where networks are at a very large scale, I would love to to see myself working at. Um, Dustin Warren, who is watching on LinkedIn, asked a question. Dustin, thanks for the question. It's a great question. Um, asking, do you have any interests outside of networking? Not I do. I Go ahead. Mm -hmm. No, uh, sorry. So I somewhat do in kind of music. I'll be honest. I'm not very, I'm not the uh, expert at music by any chance, but uh, I do have a guitar that I'll, I'll pick up every once in a while but then I'll leave it there and then I'll kind of pick it up again. So I, I kind of enjoy music. I'm not very well versed in it uh, per se, uh, but uh, every once in a while I'll pick up uh, my guitar and play just a bit uh, or, uh, or try to relearn some of the theory because I hadn't touched my guitar in a while. So I would say music is probably a kind of interest that I have that I haven't been able to focus so much on but uh, it's there that I that I jump to every once in a while. Awesome. Yeah, I was going to ask what um, maybe what are some of your other hobbies as well? So you music, anything else? What's, what's your favorite TV show? Favorite TV show? That's a good one. I would say probably the IT crowd. It's uh, very it can be there's a lot of IT jokes, but it's also a very uh, comedic uh, show just in general. All right, the IT crowd. I've not seen that one. I will have to to check that one out. Um, do you think that you will absolutely stay in the networking uh, path? Do you, do you see yourself ever branching out to you know, a, a different type of field? I kind of do. Uh, so I, I love networking since everything uses a network to communicate on. But I, w I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that I don't see myself seeing uh, going going into maybe cybersecurity or probably more of a DevOps focused role uh, where I'm able to implement a lot of the things I'm doing, but in code or being able to automate uh, some of those functions. So probably either more of a DevOps focused role in the future or uh, cybersecurity. Pen testing kind of looks fun to me. I haven't done it much. I'd seen some, uh, some guides, some labs on penetration testing. So I, I wouldn't, uh, I'd actually be pretty open to, to kind of broadening out and maybe going into, let's say, cybersecurity or uh, a lot more than I am in networking or probably more of a DevOps focus role or maybe even a service provider type role. Hmm. Uh, a lot of opportunities <laughs> there. Are a lot of, uh, you know, you have such a, a great technical mind. Um, I have no doubt that whatever field you go into, you will uh, be an absolute star in it. Um, Rianne asked, uh, watching on YouTube, I believe, once you pass your CCIE, uh, what will your next goal be? Probably to, to kind of go in and finish up a, a degree. I would love to see myself go for another CCIE, uh, probably like in data center, uh, more focused. But uh, probably finishing up a degree, maybe finishing up a bachelor's degree uh, within a certain amount of time, or maybe even getting a master's degree, might be my next biggest goal. Uh, so it's it uh, 
I'll actually see when I get there. It's one of those things where maybe I want to focus more on the degree side and get that over with a lot quicker, or maybe uh, want to focus on another CCIE and data center, or uh, maybe something else from another vendor, maybe focus on Juniper a lot more. It, uh, those are kind of my what I'm thinking right now. It might change from one day to the next, but uh, those are uh, those are what I'm uh, throwing up in the air at the moment. Well, you've certainly earned the freedom to explore a little bit. You have the world on a string, absolutely, Michael. Uh, is there is there anything that um, any other advice maybe that you haven't haven't already shared that um, you know you'd like to share with our audience about about your journey, about what you've done? going at this, you know, at, at such a young age, um, anything you've learned that that you think would be helpful to others who are maybe thinking of following your footsteps? I think uh, probably that one of the, I know it's, it's kind of cliche and more general, but I would say goal setting. Um, it's probably some of the, uh, one of the things I need to, in some cases, uh, work on a lot better, maybe like when scheduling exams, but uh, I believe during my whole uh, journey, one of the things that has helped me a lot uh, has been setting goals as to when I'm going to learn this uh, certain technology, when I'm going to go and take an exam, and keeping myself uh, accountable for for those uh, for those goals is definitely important. It's uh, and staying consistent as well. Staying consistent is a lot better than than taking sprints at something, uh, because it, it's not learning technologies is not a race, and also. Uh, I would say focus a lot on the fundamentals. It's a lot easier to kind of want to jump in and uh, work with routing protocols or work with some other technology uh, than it is to maybe understand like how TCP actually works or uh, understanding some of the, the smaller things that kind of give you a good foundation. Uh, so as I like to tell some people, don't skip uh, leg day, uh, as they say, because <laughs> it's uh, it it'll it'll definitely help you if you understand. Uh, the fundamentals really well uh, when troubleshooting or when learning a new technology, because otherwise you'll have to relearn, uh, relearn some of the fundamentals or you, you'll just kind of be stuck at a point where you're going to have to go back a lot. Nice analogy. Don't skip leg day. Just power through, right? <laughs> All right, Michael, thank you so much. It is always an absolute delight to talk to you. Really appreciate you joining us today. Well, as always, thank you very much for having me on. I'm super glad to be part of uh, this event and appreciate uh, everyone that joined. Let's stick through this uh, this conversation between you and I. So I'm very <laughs> thankful for uh, everyone through for their uh, time today. Awesome. Well, we uh, appreciate you being here. We'll check back in with you soon. And uh, that wraps it up on today's stream. Thanks for watching. If you missed it live, be sure to look for the replay across our social channels and on the INE website. You can look for us again live next Tuesday, November 30th for an AMA with our networking stars. We'll be here with networking legends Brian McGann, Rohit Partisani, and Keith Bogart. And as always, you can submit your questions, so go ahead and get them ready. Be sure to like and subscribe on the social platform you're using right now so you can stay in the loop for details on next week and notifications when we go live. We'll see you next time. Until then, have a great week and a very happy Thanksgiving.